What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Because He Did, the podcast where we walk through people's testimonies with them and see what God has done in their lives. This morning, we have a very special guest, as always. Christian, do you mind introducing us to yeah. our guest this morning? Uh, today, we have Luke on. He's a... Uh, Luke who? Luke Carlisle. Do I usually Luke? say their last name? I don't know, but we have a lot of Lukes. Oh, okay. Well, if you go to the way, it's Luke Carlisle. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's a business management major at Tech. Recently converted, correct? From what I understand. Yes, yes. Recently changed to business management. Oh, recently so, converted uh, majors. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it was like, wow, should we be in? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, he's also a student intern at IBC and a fellow resident um, at IBC with me and Tucker. Uh-huh. Um and a lot of things going on this this coming weekend, yes. but by the time this podcast comes out, this last weekend, uh, do you want to tell us some yeah. of the big news? Yeah, so I'm actually getting engaged uh, this coming weekend, or plan to propose, so yeah, so that, that'll be exciting. Uh, hopefully she says yes, uh, it's four years coming, and so I've told people that it's either kind of yes or We'll reevaluate. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, even even if you like know that they're gonna say yes, there is still just that little pocket of fear of like, but what if? Yeah. You know? Do you have that fear? No, not currently. Mm. Yeah, but I probably will get it. But too, like, I don't know. It's uh, because like, um, so Miranda and I've been together for four years. Mm. Would not recommend anyone dating that long. Um, but we did two years of our relationship not pursuing Christ, and then two years of our relationship pursuing mm. Christ. And so, um, yeah. But we know each other very well, and mm. so um, by the grace of God, like our relationship has become very God centered and um, God glorifying. And so, like, I couldn't imagine asking anybody else. But to like. I don't know. Maybe I'm too confident in it, but I'm pretty confident she'd say yes. That's good. That's good. <laughs> like what's, I said, the, what's the game plan for this weekend? Uh, so I'm probably going to propose to her in a park. Um, mm-hmm. We have two. There's two parks back in our hometown that um, we have some special. It's been some special moments. One of them was the first park that I told her I loved her. Um, and then one of them, we just had a really special moment. And like um, I took her dancing in for the first time and so kind of back and forth which park um i think the park that we dance in is actually more beautiful than the park i told her i loved her but the park i told her i love her I might have more i think you actually ask it both i think you oh, yeah. take her to one park and say will you pause yeah <laughs> run to the other park and say just, marry me yeah or just cut the ring in half you know and just, oh that's yeah. a great idea yeah yeah you make her look for them in both of the parks <laughs> actually, I, actually you know, i'll just take the diamond out Leave it in one park, and then give her the ring at the other. Yeah, then we'll go that find it. That sounds worse than the scavenger hunt. That'd be good. Like Elizabeth if she got the like sand, and she's like, "There's nothing. Like this is worthless." Oh, I've and actually had I've actually that. had nightmares like for a week now that I open the ring box and the diamond's gone. Oh, that's such an odd nightmare. Oh man, because it's the most expensive part of the ring. Yeah, but yeah. still, that's such an odd like. What if the diamond falls off? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if it's problem. like Pink Panther, someone stole Elizabeth's it. Elizabeth's diamond was so small that that wasn't a fear. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 carrot did you end up? Uh, I couldn't tell okay. you. We have a little certificate with it all on there and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it is a decent ring. Yeah, but Miranda's Miranda, I was huge. blessed with someone who's very um, simple. 
And so it was, it's a very simple solitary green. I got off a lot easier than I could have. Warren, women it, with simple tastes. That mm, is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Warren was giving me grief that I actually wasn't spending enough. Yeah. Um, but I, okay, I think, I think but my Warren's bank account number was way too I think high. my bank account would say otherwise. <laughs> I was going to say, I had to empty mine for Elizabeth. And yeah. it, was, it was not like, yeah. comparatively speaking, yeah. an incredibly expensive nah, brand. Yeah. But it was very expensive for me. Yeah. I think that's what matters. You know? yeah. So if, you're, if it's hurting to give, then that's enough. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I heard Michael Scott t- told me that uh, two years salary. Is yeah. that true, Luke? Yeah, I think so, man. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, so sounds like, let's see, two years salary. Yeah, yeah. man. Wow, that's a nice ring. Yeah. He's a great theologian. Oh, absolutely. Well, because we do want to spend, you know, not all of our time talking about engagement. That's awesome. And we're really excited that we got to know before everybody else. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Nobody yeah. else knows. No. No. I haven't told anybody else. No, nobody yes. at all. <laughs> I always knew that I was special. Yeah. And that's why yeah. he told us, I'm sure. Yeah, Heard it here a... first. Yeah. <laughs> Heard it here first. Yeah. Well, by, not really. By the first, way, I was, okay. I was actually going to ask y'all over here, did y'all bridesmaids or y'all down for Oh, for yes. That? To for be sure. bridesmaids? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, the groomsman is actually all full. So, Let's so, do so a podcast episode in the middle of your wedding. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be great. Like, and we'll wear dresses. Yeah, like live commentary, like a yeah. golf game. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah, though. how do you feel about cross-dressing, Luke? Is that going to be good? <laughs> All right, so, so I think it's... we're going to dive into this. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh... So, Luke, just to kind of get to know a little bit about you before we really, really dive in. Um, what was your family background like? You know, did you grow up in the church? What, what, yeah. what, what did that Yeah. So, um, I grew up, um, grew up going to church. Um, I say I, I, I was in a church seat for them the minute I was born. And I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Um, I grew up in a, in a, um, God believing home. Um, I did grow up in, uh, the, the charismatic movement that I would not be aware of that, that that's what that is until some time and so i'd love to talk about why um that can be a dangerous thing but but we'll we'll find some time to get into that (laughs) later but uh but uh yeah so but i did i did grow up in church i did grow up in a family that um had the best intentions of that they were they believed they were Mm christ-centered um there there was obviously some some faults in that as, as we'll get through uh, my testimony, but yeah, so grew up in the church. Um, my parents are very proud. They believed I was um, saved whenever I was three years old. That's wow. when at my church that I, um, I accepted Christ into my life or believed I did. Um, I, I'm not, I, I wrestle with that. That's between yeah. God and, and the book of life, but I, but the way the rest of my testimony goes and how I lived my life, I would say is very hard to believe that that was that was a a, a Christ follower, someone who yeah. was trying to be a little Christ, um, pursuing Christ. Like that was definitely not. And so yeah, so um, but good family, good f- family background for the yeah. most part. Um, I had it a lot. Um, well, what was it like growing up in in the charismatic church like that? I mean, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so the charismatic church, it's very, um, so Christ and relationship with Christ is very centered on what I can get out of it. Um, it's very much of, if you ask someone why they're a believer or why they follow Christ, it, it, you'll hear a lot of things like it makes me feel, um, 
because he does this for me and those things not not mm-hmm. solely based on the fact that that he created us and he loves us and there's nothing we could ever do um, to repay that and that if all he did for us was the cross that would be enough like um, it, it's uh, it's basically charismatic movement is they take Christianity and turn it into a self-help um, and so a lot of um, a name it claim it kind of things a lot of um, taking and um, changing passages to really contributing um, something that was continuously prayed over me is um, by by his stripes you were healed um, which is truth it, it is biblical but it was in different context um, when we're talking the difference between physical healing and spiritual healing um, first Peter actually talking about like a like a spiritual healing that like we were healed of our sins um, by the, the the blood of the cross by his stripes we were healed um, yeah. not that he doesn't heal our, our physical infirmities mm-hmm. but um, just a lot of of that and so it can be dangerous um, how'd that impact you like yeah so um, I so because of that so I grew up so um, Got saved at three. I was always a, um, I was the, the, the Bible kid, knew the Bible um, cover to cover, um, but it was all a head knowledge and not a heart relationship with Christ. And so because of that, like the way I lived my life, it became very evident. And so um, it was my parents' faith, um, but not my own. And so like because of that, I could see very much, and that was very much of the church that um, we knew certain passages that would... Um, be basically head knowledge and um, that we would claim those and because of that expected a, a certain reaction or a certain thing and then it, it, if that thing didn't happen it was oh well you didn't have enough faith and, and, and there there's just needs to be more faith there which obviously like we know like isn't true like um, real practical example someone who was also in the charismatic movement um, my grandfather who's actually my mentor and a guy I really loved and uh, I wouldn't say fully charismatic um he was also a um one of the godliest men i knew um even after not viewing the charismatic movement the way i did then and, mm-hmm. and having a different perspective now still see him as one of the godliest men i i knew but he had stage four bone cancer um three times um two of the times he uh, they told him every time he was going to die in weeks and two mm-hmm. of the times he's miraculously healed and the, the third time like um he passed away because of it and that was not because of his lack of faith that was not because of um, his lack of belief that God could heal him. Um, it was simply just because of the brokenness of the world because yeah. sin and death exists in the world. And since um, Genesis 3, we, we no longer live on this world for forever. Um, and God doesn't desire that for us anymore because th- this is not eternity. This is not perfection. This isn't where he wants us. Um, but yeah, so that um, the lasting effects that that might have had, I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I, I, I have I have a... A story and a testimony. I, I don't hold that to him because, too, like obviously, like I can't change that. Um, mm-hmm. I, the only thing that I, I've felt conviction is to, to call others that that might be following and still pursuing the charismatic movement. They they are brothers and sisters in Christ, and they should be lifted up. But it is a dangerous thing when you you look at like a situation like the Book of Job. The book of Job, they, they don't have an explanation for it. They don't have an explanation why why bad things happen other than you don't have enough faith. And so because of that, like, um, that can be really dangerous. And I can, I, I've seen it lead people away um, from Christ, actually. And so, um, yeah. But, but yeah, so um, because of that, though, um, so a little bit about me and my testimony, I guess we'll, we'll go in 
get into that. But um, so got um, believed I was saved when I was three, um, got baptized when I was seven, um, truly believed in Christ, truly believed the uh, of his existence, of his life, death, and resurrection. Um, th- those were values instilled in me, but really didn't have a personal relationship with me, uh, with him. And, and it was something really interesting, like from a young age, um, sad, since I can remember, I've always felt this emptiness that had been inside me. It was just this, this empty hole, this, this heart, this desire for something longer. And I was always, I was the kid that always asked why, but it wasn't a, a, a defiant why it was a, a, why am I here? Why, why do I exist? Those things. And, um, Growing up, like um, that, that's a hard question to answer for a elementary and middle school kid. And um, my parents did their best, but because um, of certain circumstances and things, like um, so, my my parents are both believers and pursuers um, of Christ. But um, grant, my dad is and, and was an al- or was and is an alcoholic. Um, so it was um, uh, pretty often that. Um, after five o'clock that um, my dad would have already put back a six back of tall boys. And so because of that, like um, that definitely drew a huge wedge in our relationship. And so um, the leader of our house, it was, it became someone I couldn't rely on someone that like um, from a young age, when you're in elementary and middle and high school and you're having to help your dad to his chair, like uh, it just does something after a while. Um, knowing that like your dad might not wake up if someone broke into the house or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, it was just a hard thing and um, had some underlining things, but um, there's grace for that. And um, as we'll get in my story, like um, that's something I held in bitterness uh, for a while and not something I do anymore. But um, <clears throat> not because of that, but because of that longing in my heart, I, I began to search for things, for search for meaning, for search for purpose. Um, tried to just fill that hole that was in my heart, and I, I tried pouring everything into it. Um, and so, it, and it got to in middle school was the first time that I actually tried to take my own life. Um, I tried to slit my wrists. Um, whenever I was alone in the shower, I was I was a Boy Scout, Eagle Scout, knew enough about human body, knew about um, the artery in my wrist, and so tried to slit my wrist and um, got talked out of it by um, a friend. Um, that I had let know at the time. Um, but two, like, I realized, like, as I went back and, and, and just look, as I've begun to grow in Christ and look at my testimony, like, um, I, I don't know if I would have been full. There, there was moments later in my life that I was fully capable of taking my life. But in that moment, I, I don't believe I was capable. I think, I think there was just a hopelessness in me. There, there was a desire to fill that hole and, and the crazy thing about it too is being a kid who grew up in the church, I knew that was Christ, um, but I continued to choose other things. And so fast forward. And so that suicide attempt, I kept private. I never let anybody knew, never let parents knew, um, man, that is the most dangerous thing you could ever do. Um, yeah. Like with that, like, because it is like a dark moment, like what would you say to people right now who are, I know we'll get yeah. into how you were yeah. kind of redeeming yeah, that, yeah. but what would you say to people right now who are feeling that oh man if you are in a hole if you are in a place of 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 depression or you are even having thoughts that that the world is better off without you or that um that there's no meaning for you no purpose for you it is just 
all lies. And that lie that this is something you need to deal with yourself or work through yourself, it is just the enemy digging that hole for you. And so if you are having any kind of thoughts or feeling like that, you you have to reach out to somebody, whether it's family or friends or uh, 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 not private, but a public a, a counselor, someone who, a Christian counselor, someone who who uh, specializes in that or psychiatrist like we'll get into my testimony like there is no shame in seeking uh, medical or professional help for these things but the the worst thing you could do is walk it alone um, it is it, you will create your own echo chamber it will only lead to destruction it will always only lead to terrible things i firmly believe there's a reason why when God created all things, he, he, he created everything. He said it was good, it was good, it was good. And he created man, and he saw he was alone. He said, that is not good. Um, obviously, like, he brought a, a wife in for him, but I, too, like, I, I, I firmly believe, like, that is what our, the picture of community, too, that uh, I have I've yet to see a man who is utterly alone produce good things. Um, that has just absolutely no one. Um, there's men in the Bible that were in times of, of loneliness, but we, we know God was with them. And even then, um, I, I still I have, have yet to find someone who's just utterly alone. And so um, don't, the, the worst thing you could do in those situations is keep it secret and keep it hidden. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about the, the destruction it caused in my life because I decided to keep that hidden into myself. But, well, yeah. So what was it that kind of led to you realizing your need for Christ, you know, like you you mentioned, you know, being saved at three, baptized at seven and stuff, but, um, you know, similar to my story, like that doesn't mean that we don't still run, you know? And so, um, you know, whether you were saved at three or, or, or after that fact, you know, like, um, you were still like in a period, you know, of, of running or at least being separate from him and not finding that hope in him. And so, like, when did you come to a moment where you were like, no, like, yeah. I, I need Christ? Like, when that whole kind of what you're talking about, yeah. when you realized that he was kind of the answer to that whole. Yeah, no. Um, so, so like I said, like, so, like, I always knew that the answer was Christ, but I chose not to, um, not to pursue him. And so I started filling it. Uh, we jump into high school. I filled it with everything. Um, I filled it with, uh, I would collect things, large amount of things, almost a, a hoarder mentality of um, getting into different hobbies like um, car, like uh, like uh, collecting cards, like trading cards and yeah. comics and you you name it. Um, I I I collected it at some point, like that that it was going to bring me some kind of completion um, and some kind of uh, fulfillment by having whatever it was completed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and it was just all lies, and then that changed into realizing uh, I realized, hey, girls are nice, um, mm-hmm. and obviously. Um, who doesn't want to be loved and so that's going to bring the contentment to my soul and so um, obviously I um, which is false but um, obviously I in case that wasn't clear uh, obviously I um, but yeah I um, I became uh, the the I went to a small private school but I came became this small private school playboy Um, I dated several girls Um, actually my um, the, the girl I love and, and soon to be my fiance and wife, um, our first date, uh, she was the third girl I had asked out to that movie. Like mm-hmm. that was just the brokenness that I was in, that, that I just didn't care who it was I wanted to be with somebody because yeah. um, I just felt empty. 
And so um, I, I was well known. It wasn't uncommon. I um, would ask one girl to homecoming and bring another and um, just all kinds of brokenness and just try to fill those those holes with um, people and in the process hurt a lot of people too. And so not only did, did this thing hurt me, but it was hurting others around me. And then um, when we get to co- got to college, um, led uh, at, well, senior year, it led into to, to a porn struggle because um, I realized that that um, real girls were not fulfilling me. So why not go to something that's fake um, and something that, that seems more abundant? Um, and it just led to more destruction and more brokenness and more um, pain and, and hurt and, and just all the things and all this time continuously knowing that the truth that, that God was the only thing that was going to fill this mm-hmm. and um, still just continue to run from it. And, and it wasn't, it, it was a it wasn't a, a necessarily a defiant rebellion, but almost a, a lukewarm, hypocritical Christianity that I was someone who would defend their faith and um, like if you said God wasn't real, like I was ready to go to bat with you. But when I went home, like just spending my time lusting or doing literally anything else besides spending time in Christ, and so um, once I got to college, it, the the walls kind of broke. Uh, my faith it was very evidently my parents, not my own. Um, and I, I am grateful that I, um, despite, and too, like, we started talking about the charismatic movement. Like, there is still something to professing the name of Christ. Um, I don't believe necessarily they are the most sound theologically, but, man, I would rather someone profess this name of Christ and figure out the theology later than, than deny Christ altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, too, like, that theology can be sorted out um, later on and will be sorted out by Christ too. I don't think, I don't think we're, any of us are firm in our theology, but um, <laughs> huge bunny trail going on back to the, the question you asked though, but the breaking point for me was sophomore year in college. Uh, I had just had enough. I had um, uh, over the years in high school and middle school. So I actually tried committing suicide five different times. I tried slitting my wrist, put a gun, load a gun to my head, tried driving my car off the highway um, so I uh, tried jumping off a bridge, several different just ways that um, there was some that I uh, was stopped and, and prevented from, but then there was some that, that I, I could have totally and I just couldn't bring myself to do it because really what I was searching for was that fulfillment, was that contentment, that contentment that, that Paul talks about in Philippians 12 that, um, that, uh, that I hadn't found yet. And so in um, my sophomore year, of college that I call it the, the glass ceiling just broke. Um, I was living in sin in my relationship with Miranda at that time. We'd been together for two years and um, had done, and this was my thing with girls that I would do everything up to sex. Um, go go as far to the line. Anything that, that didn't have the word sex in it was, was acceptable. And so, um, and it was just a, a grotesque um, picture of, of, of of raw of not intimacy and, and abusing God's gift and abusing girls and just a, a very sick thing and so um, sophomore year the the class ceiling broke I, I couldn't do it anymore I, I realized that that I had questions in my heart like like what was what was my purpose why did I exist why was my me like like why am I here um, I I knew I was unworthy unjust I who I was a terrible person. Like I didn't have to be told that some people have to be called out of that. Like that was very evident in my life. And so, um, I decided that I would finally give this, this thing that, 
that I'd been defending and claiming and proclaiming a try, a, a real try, what, what it actually says in the Bible, that I would actually pursue him with everything and give everything for him. And so um, I actually broke up with Miranda at that time. We broke up for, I say three, she says four days. We won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> amount of days. Um, yeah, that's, that's another conversation too. Like I think we could have been apart longer and done some more healing, but obviously too, like there was grace and um, it worked out in the end, but there was some brokenness still though that could have been um, worked out without. But um, but yeah, so, um, and that was actually when I ended up coming to the way. And um, I came to the way and um, listened to sermon on bitterness and um, realized how much some, some bitterness I had in my life and some resentment. And then to um, realized how much I needed Christ and how much the life was meaningless without him. And so um, fully uh, surrendered everything to Christ. Like I said, I don't know if that was the time that I was actually saved on September, September 21st, 2019. Um, I, I don't know when my name's written in the book of life, but um, I know it's there now. And so, yeah, and so I started realizing that, that that was what I needed in my life. Yeah, that's really good. And I know there's a lot of stuff that we would like have loved to talk <laughs> yeah. through in terms of just like student internship and what God's been teaching you, but we are kind of running out yeah. of time. Um, but just what is a book that has really impacted you recently that has kind of just shaped? Um, really what God's been teaching you recently too, mm. um, like through that author. Mm. Um, a big book would be um, Humility by Andrew Murray. Um, there is so much pride, um, and obviously the pride is the root of all sin, but so much pride in our life that, that, that we don't even realize, and, and that, that daily surrender uh, of giving up that pride and, and surrendering that to him and, and doing the best to um, pursue that, that beautiful, humble example of Christ uh, daily has been so impactful for me. So, yeah. And has that shaped kind of how you, your experience been like teaching students yeah. and like leading in that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so too, like, um, there is a, a great sermon that I actually heard at the way, but there was a man who had passed away and, um, uh, it was an illustration that Travis was sharing and no one came to his funeral and, um, barely ever, anyone ever knew the man. Um, but the, the pastor got up and spoke and said how, how beautiful this is. Um, no one knew this man's name, but if you knew the people he touched and the people that, that knew of him, but knew Christ because of him, um, that, that was, that my heart broke and that was that was something that I knew I wanted to be that um, I it didn't matter where um, it doesn't matter if um, if no one ever knows my name it doesn't matter if a single one of these kids ever remembers the student intern but I knew that I wanted to give everything to Christ and glorify him and um, this and two like I became very passionate about students when um, because of the brokenness in my life and, and the things I struggled with that um, Man, I, who knows how much of that could have been averted if I had been plugged into a youth group, if I had been poured into um, by um, someone who's just willing to serve. And so, yeah, yeah, the youth has become something I'm very passionate about and actually feel called to because of that. Like, I feel called to be a, a youth minister. And I, I tell people now, and people don't believe me, but God will truly have to call me out of being a youth pastor before mm -hmm. I will 
it will not be a stepping stone for me. It will be have to be something he calls me out of um, to go to another season. So, yeah. yeah. Which is really cool. I know, like, my church back home, I mean, the guy, he's bivocational um, minister, but, I mean, he's in his 40s and 50s and mm. does youth still and absolutely loves it and still relates mm. with the students. So it's something... Yeah. It's not just for the twenty-year-old ministers yeah. that want to move yeah. on. It's it's. I yeah. mean, these are yeah. kids souls who are actually stay. called to youth ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. But um, as we kind of close out here, we always like to ask the theological question of the week. Um, and so, what is a biblical view on guns, and how do you kind of approach like that yeah. question? Yeah. So. Um trying to keep it as short as possible mm-hmm. so so <laughs> first we know like so so a gun is an object it is an amoral object it was created with a purpose by man absolutely but it but it is an amoral object it is um, something that has just amount of thoughts and processes as your television and your computer and your car um, it, it is not something that was created during bible time so the short answer is there's no di- direct view on um, guns in the Bible. Um, we do have passages like um, Luke. It's Luke 22, uh, somewhere between 35 and 38. We'll go with that for time's sake. But we're like, Jesus actually calls uh, his disciples to buy a sword and to go out and um, sell what they have and buy a sword and defend themselves. We know like that the that the men are called to protect and to provide for their family. And so, as um, for for the the better or the worse of um, the uh, human race we've developed and technology has developed. And so we've developed guns. And so because of that, uh, the real thing, the real question that when we ask that, that's actually brought in is actually um, different people's emotions about it. So some people are very shocked or hurt by the um, destruction and the things that, that guns have done. And, and others are, are hurt by, um, that, that this is something that's become um, a part of their family, a, an activity that they would do together. They would go hunting or, or um, use those things for recreational use, um, not never having the desire to ever hurt someone. And so because of that, it's become a very emotional and back and forth thing. But um, if you look, it's, it's really interesting if you look at both sides. So we have the side that says... Um, uh, gun rights that that we should have all have firearms and um, it is a constitutional right and um, that everyone should do it and then we have the side that, that there should be no guns and um, gun laws and all this and that i i firmly believe both of them are false senses of security so you take someone so so i myself i i, I own um, firearms like I, I am a gun owner um, if that hope that doesn't make me biased in one way or the other but um i i if you look at statistically like um so first off so 80 percent of homicides um in the u.s are with blunt force objects so we are still from the beginning um like cain and abel um we are still the first murder happened was we are still killing people so you take away all guns that is not going to change unfortunately um and um sorry but um, <laughs> but but too like we know um but we know too like uh so a, a false sense of security so me owning a gun um does not secure my life 
It does not um, statistically actually in, in confrontations where there was firearms, um, if the uh, uh, assailant actually has a firearm, it's actually very, very high that both people would be injured um, in that, that it does not um, immediately protect you. And so it's very common in Texas of, oh, I have my shotgun, so I am safe. Uh, yes, it is a useful tool, um, but our trust and our, our, our security should be in Christ and Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there is brokenness in the world, mm-hmm. and, and yes, there is times that people go too early and, and that, that Christ does not need for them to go that early, but, but there is some sin and brokenness in the world that um, it might not have changed despite mm-hmm. um, yeah. if there was a firearm or not. But also, too, same, the same thing is with gun laws. Gun laws are, are just laws. They're, they're mm-hmm. statues sent by men. It is a false security Bad people are going to do bad things, and unfortunately, that's not going to change. Relying too much on anything other than Christ, like, will always let exactly. you down. Exactly. Kind of, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, as we kind of finish out the podcast, would, is there any advice you would leave listeners um, oh, just man. from your story? Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked a lot about the darkness. Like, what, mm-hmm. what's, what's some of the hope? Like, yeah. You know, you talked a lot about hopelessness in the beginning yeah. and, and how Christ was the answer to that. Um, but yeah, like, what yeah. is some level of hope that you can leave us with? Yeah. There is hope in Christ. Um, I have been, this has been a, a six-year battle with um, uh, uh, anxiety and depression, all these things. And I've had to seek um, medical professional help and that kind of stuff. But, the, but pills and counseling and things are useful tools. But at the end of the day, the only freedom and deliverance and peace that you will find in this is in Christ. And, and this is someone who I have a, a clinical um, chemical imbalance that, that doctors have told me that no matter what I do, that if I don't stand, but, but I have still pills will only take you so far. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only so much freedom that that is a true, there's a true freedom in Christ. And so you, if you are struggling with this, seek community but also, too, one of my favorite quotes is from Charles Spurgeon. I've learned to kiss the wave that makes me clean against the rock of eternity. Mm-hmm. But basically, using these things, these these things that, that were meant for evil, these things that were meant to take your life and, and destroy you, and using it to make you clean against Christ, clean against the rock of eternity, and learning to, to be appreciative of that. Um, it's not something that, it's something that I do that not people uh, do very often, as I try to at least... Uh, it's a big discipline, but weekly thank God for um, trusting me to to have these things. I don't believe He put these things on my life, and He didn't want them. But um, but He's allowed these things to to build a dependence um, that I now depend on Him um, because of that. And so that's been a really really cool thing. Um, but yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Just thank you so much for being on. Yeah, absolutely, Luke. absolutely. And Thanks for having we, me. Yeah. We really appreciate yeah. it. And. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.